You are listening to the You Are a Lawyer podcast. I am the podcast host, Kyla Denano, a 2015 law school graduate. This podcast was created to share the experiences and successes of law school graduates who created their own paths to career success. In episode 30, I am speaking with an energy coach and lawyer. This guest teaches emerging lawyers to optimize their careers and challenge their intentions. Based in Overland Park, Kansas, today's guest is Emily Hersicorn. Welcome to the podcast, Emily. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited too. Would you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Of course. I am an energy leadership coach for lawyers. I help high-achieving lawyers navigate their careers and live more balanced lives so that they can worry less and achieve more. And what does that look like? People are always like, okay, that sounds great. (laughs) What the heck does that mean? (laughs) So I do two basic things. I'll just give you the kind of quick and dirty right now. Maybe we'll get a a little bit more into it later, but I offer one-on-one coaching, which is really great, in-depth support weekly or bi-weekly. But then I also am very, very excited. I've had something in the works for a long time now, and I've been kind of piloting it, but I'm going to be reformatting and scaling my group coaching program for entry-level women lawyers. And it's going to be called the Career Confidence Club for Entry-Level Lady Lawyers coming very soon. I like that name, Career Confidence Club. Okay. Yes. Very nice. So you actually, are you from San Diego? I'm originally from Kansas City. I was in California for 14 years and I just moved back to my hometown earlier this year. You went to law school after making a decision about getting a PhD in psychology or becoming a lawyer. Yes. Why did you ultimately decide to get a JD? So this is a fun question. Because I love this idea of holographic thinking, where you're trying to align your head, your heart, and your gut. So the head is logic, obviously. The heart is your emotions, and your gut is your intuition. And with your head, I mean, so many of us are logical thinkers. And I mean, me, straight to logic. And sometimes pure logic, nothing else gets in. I share this because when I was in undergrad, I did some really cool research in positive psychology for Rick Snyder, who was one of the founding fathers of the positive psychology movement. His research was exclusively on hope, which is goals, strategies, and motivation. In other words, coaching. I just didn't know it at the time. Hmm. Um, So I was doing this really interesting research. And really fascinating stuff. I loved it. It like became a part of my mission. Like this is, you know, makes sense for me. This is what I need to do. And then just looking into things though more, here's the logic. I was like, okay, so a PhD in psychology, if I want to be a clinical psychologist and do the whole thing, it's going to take seven or eight years and I'll come out making 60,000. And then if I go to get my JD, it'll take three years and I could come out making a hundred thousand. Hmm. Like pure math. That was my decision, which right now say that out loud. I'm like, oh my God, that's insane. What were you thinking? Like, that's not what it's all about. So made that decision based on pure logic. I loved school. So law school was really a great experience for me. I had a lot of fun. I did very, very well and enjoyed it, but I never really had this urge to practice. I didn't know Hmm. any lawyers. 
I didn't really get it. <laughs> like I, I'd been going into law school. I was not conversant in anything law, yeah. but the theory was just fun and worked with my brain. So it also made sense for that reason that I didn't stay in very long. Like that, that was, you know, I was getting back to ultimately what I was meant to be doing. But that decision I'm telling you was based on pure logic. So I love helping lawyers. And when they're making difficult decisions, I love to ask them, what is your gut telling you? Mm -hmm. And how are you feeling about this? And really just carving out space for people to sit there and process all of that process emotions and check in with their intuition and not just be making decisions based on logic risk aversion, these types of typical characteristics. Yeah, because we do typically have all those characteristics in common because my first yeah. reaction would be feelings. What does that have to do with this? <laughs> and that's exactly yeah. why you ask it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love sitting there in that awkward silence. Ooh, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So did you get the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? Did you make $100,000 after graduation? <laughs> Great question. So I actually had an interesting journey. I was in law school in Sacramento and knew I did not want to stay in Sacramento. And I had a great summer associate position at a firm that I would have, let's see, what would I have been making if I came out? I think one of their tracks was a hundred thousand. One was 120, something like that. So yes, on that track. Even though you ended up still in psychology as an energy coach, but that's okay. Okay. And for undergrad, you studied psychology as well? Yes, my bachelor's degree was in psychology. And I knew that was something I really wanted to do. When I was like young, even, I'd be the kid at the party, like cornering someone, having a deep conversation all night long. (laughs) Like that was me. So I've always really dug into the depth of relationships, superficiality. I can get by just fine with some small talk here and there, but that exhausts me. I really get energized by really deep, meaningful conversations. So psychology was always fascinating to me. I I always wanted to be in a support profession as well. So that was the intention. And then, like I said, I dug into the research and was really into it. And then just like took a total (laughs) random turn. It went to law school last minute. Okay. And so how did that ultimately make you want to become an energy coach? Great question. So I had a friend approach me when I was on maternity leave a few years ago, and she, she was working in law school, career development at another school, and she started getting trained as a coach. And she said, I think this is what you've been looking for. I really think you should look into this. I briefly did. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Life coaching sounds crazy. No, thank you. (laughs) And, and I moved on, went back to my babies. And I taught at the law school for a little while. And then ultimately I went back full-time. I'm feeling great. It was so smooth, no transition, just popped right back into the system. And then I had lunch with another woman friend of mine who's a lawyer and she's telling me the story about her coach who had helped her leave her firm, open her own firm. And now she's making twice as much working half the hours. I'm like, what? Like, that is what I want to be doing. Like that is exactly it. So I think that conversation was really pivotal for me, helping me realize it was always in the back of my mind, but helping me realize that it was kind of an extension of the work I was doing as a career advisor. But instead of giving people advice, I got to pull back 
and just start asking them questions Mm -hmm. and the right questions to move them forward, giving them space, having those regular conversations instead of like the sporadic one-offs in career services where you really get to know them so that they can get to know themselves and then helping them come up with a framework for their next steps holding them accountable, being their support person, because Mm -hmm. I was always doing the empowerment work. I was always doing it. So that was very natural for me. To me, it was really important to get the training as well, to really make sure that I was offering the best coaching possible. So you took the two nudges that got you to finally say, yeah, this is what I need to look into. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of- Oh, there was one more important piece. Can I add? (laughs) Do you mind? No, no, of course not. Let's say it this way. It was two nudges and one nod of approval. So okay. it's funny. I say that because we're, of course, always helping people not need approval from other people, right? In their lives mm-hmm. to do what they want to do. But I reached out to the graduate student. I had done the research directly under, oh my gosh, like 14 years prior. Wow. And I had a call with him and I asked him about it. And he said, go get your coaching certification. He said, that's what everyone's moving towards. The industry is growing. And he said, even in a lot of the psychology graduate degree programs, they're having their folks get trained in coaching and certified in coaching. So that was really important for me to have that kind of nod of approval in addition to the nudges. Okay. Yep. And what does it mean to be an energy coach? Great question. So my training is through IPEC which is Mm -hmm. the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And it is all around energy leadership. And the idea is there's energy in how we're showing up, the things we're saying, the things we're doing, the thoughts we're having. And so everyone's talking about finding your purpose and living authentically and living more in line with your authentic self. And I kind of want to challenge that notion. Like, well, shit, what if my authentic <laughs> self, I don't want to show up that way anymore. Yeah. Like, what if I want to be someone different? And this was very much my experience. You know, I grew up and I carried a lot of anger with me when I was younger. And mm-hmm. when I got out into private practice, that was really hard for me to restrain and refine. And I didn't just didn't know what to do with it mm-hmm. and was certainly not showing up the way I wanted to lots of gossip in the office, that kind of stuff that was really bothering me, but it would suck me in, you know? And so I love this idea of helping people really figure out who they are today, but who they want to become and how to get there. And got a framework I work with walking people through different levels of energy, um, whether it's, you know, you're really being self-defeating, deal with a lot of imposter syndrome in this industry Mm -hmm. and self-doubt. Um, or whether it's outward focus, a lot of people blaming their boss for messing something up or not giving them enough training. And that kind of energy can be destructive over time and obviously harms relationship. Yeah. Helping people shift their energy up to something that's much more productive, where we're focusing on opportunities and solutions and helping people figure out how to navigate those workplace relationships so that they can get by and then ultimately really be thriving in their careers. Yeah, and I think that's really important and really necessary. When you watch legal TV or movies and things like that, you expect to see that angry lawyer screaming, right? The partner coming barreling in the room. (laughs) 
I remember my first experience when it wasn't like that. And I was like, you're in control, but you're not yelling. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's my book. Yeah. I remember always hearing people talk about this firm has the yellers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one does it. I'm like what? That's a thing. There's a classification of people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So in addition to the energy coaching, you're actually certified as an administrator of the energy leadership index assessment. Yes. Why is that certification important? Yeah, great question. The Energy Leadership Index Assessment does a couple of things. One, it walks you through that framework I mentioned. So the seven levels of energy where it really explains them. A lot of times, some lawyers Mm -hmm. hear seven levels of energy and they think, oh, that's too woo-woo for me. I'm not into the woo-woo stuff. I would say about 50% of the people I talk to say that. 50% are excited about it. Actually, they're like, ooh, I'm into energy. I I like this. But I like to challenge them because I think a lot of it really we can look at as like an analytical game. Mm -hmm. So if you're showing up at this level, how can we get to the next level? And lawyers love that, right? It's, It's just basic analysis, really like applying these rules to the facts. It's really like the practice of law. So it's a great framework for lawyers. The other thing though with this assessment is it helps you identify how you're currently showing up on a good day and then also under stress, which is so important. So some people even consider it a stress assessment. And so once we have an idea of where you are today, then we can start digging into what areas would you like to develop out? Where would you like to improve? And then of course, how can we do it? Okay. Yeah, that's great. And then actually my follow-up was, why is the assessment necessary? But you answered it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, it's interesting. I'll say this. It's not necessary, Mm -hmm. but I also like to challenge that idea. Let's do things that we just want to do, Mm -hmm. right? Beyond what's just necessary. So for a lot of folks, you know, sometimes we dive right in to the coaching. Moving forward, I am going to be doing the assessment with the majority of my clients because I think it's really highly valuable and just a great starting point and also great for us to have a common language. People love being able to label their energy. And let's talk about what that does. So to kind of respond to this question, why it's necessary or important, we're in the emotions of the story, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've got someone telling me, my boss was yelling at me yesterday for doing this and I've been crying all day, like super upset or someone filed this late. I'm so pissed off, you know, super mad. So we're in the emotions of the story. When you can get on a call with someone, I'll hear you out first, of course, (laughs) but then help you pull back, pull out of that story. And we can just put a number on your energy. Like, how are you showing up? What level of energy would you say that is? And we can put a number on it. It helps you start to detach a little bit Mm -hmm. from the emotional involvement. And that can be a good thing. Yeah. You know how they say clouded by emotions, right? It's hard to think and process and make conscious decisions when your thoughts are clouded by emotions. Yeah. And I think the importance, at least what I'm hearing from what you're saying about the energy is recognizing that you are not your job. Yes. Because a lot of times people say, oh, hi, you know, who are you or what are you about? I'm a lawyer. No, but who are you? What do you like? I'm a lawyer. No, but what I do nothing else. Yeah. Do you cook? Do you buy takeout? Like who are you? Are you a parent? I'm a yeah. lawyer. And that seems to encompass so much of our personality 
But I like this idea of if you notice and pay attention to the energy, you can recognize that energy is not you. (laughs) You are you. So Yes, I think that's so important. I couldn't have said it any better because I'm always thinking about just separating from the emotion so that you can stay in it and think, but you're giving me this broader idea of why it's important to do Mm -hmm. that, to pull back. Okay, wait, I'm still a human (laughs) and I've got all these other facets to me beyond being a lawyer in addition to that, that are important as well. And I want to make sure that that I'm showing up too Mm -hmm. in my job as a lawyer, the way that I want to. Yeah, absolutely. I had that same shift last year when I was like, Uh, oh, now I'm a parent. How does this fit? Wait. Oh, and (laughs) yes. And let me be clear. Let me be clear. People come to me for support with their careers. Everybody comes to me for support with their careers. I am a trained whole person coach. Okay. So so when we're talking, Kyla, I'm just thinking, yes, like those are also important things to address, right? Because how we're showing up in one space is often how we show up everywhere. And that's one concept that definitely applies and really resonates with a lot of my clients who want to work on their personal life stuff. And then the other thing is, of course, what's going on with our career impacts our home life and what's going on with our home life impacts our mm-hmm. career. Definitely important to be checking in with our energy everywhere we are and throughout our day so mm-hmm. that we can make sure we're showing up in our career the way that we want. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I see that. That's really important. And you only work with lawyers and you're starting to work with new entry-level lawyers as well. Why was that specific niche important to you? Oh, I love this question. Um, <laughs> so, so I practiced for just a couple of years for two reasons. One, this is what I was meant to do. I believe that wholeheartedly for a lot of reasons we don't have time to get into today, <laughs> but all the stars have aligned with the work that I'm currently doing. So that's number one. Number two, at the time when I was mm-hmm. in private practice, like I said, I was holding on to a lot of shit that was not addressed. And I left, I left out of fear. I was afraid that I couldn't find another firm that would be better. I assumed everything was the same and I would have trouble everywhere. I also wasn't doing the self-work I should have been doing. So I was blaming other people. Maybe I could have made it work at my firm. I don't know. So I want to help people avoid that. And then also if they get to that point of burnout, overwhelm, confusion, to be able to put it in check and figure out what to do so that they can show up as their best selves. So that was my, that's my initial response with my own personal experience, why it's important to me. The -hmm. other thing is I worked in law school career development for seven years, often on a little bit because I had a couple of babies and went out for a little bit of time, but I've worked with thousands of lawyers and law students at this point. And I see the support that they're getting at the law school level. And then when they go out into practice and there's something missing. Yeah. And you know, you see the administration at the law schools, they're doing a great job of helping people get jobs. That's the main purpose, right? And that's what people come into career services for. They just want you to help them get a job and mm-hmm. then they don't come back. So That's what's going on there. And then when you get into practice, there's a little bit of training. Maybe if you're at a large employer, maybe you get some internal coaching, but it's likely maybe a few times a year. It's not frequent and it's still in-house, right? It's still the firm. So I feel like 
there's just so much career confusion, fear, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, time management issue. I mean, oh my gosh, the list is endless. All this other stuff that literally no one is supporting. And so, so many people are dealing with these issues on their own. Some power through and make it, but like, why should that be our standard? Right. So I just, I really saw this huge void in services being provided. I work with mid-career folks too, but in particular with the entry-level folks or emerging lawyers, as I lovingly call them, just a huge void. And I felt really called to do that work. I feel connected to those folks because like I said, I've worked with so many of them over the years. So I feel very in tune to what they're going through, even though my own experience was over a decade ago at this point. Okay. And you mentioned burnout. I'm sure it can look differently for everyone. How would you define burnout in case someone in the audience is experiencing it and doesn't know what to look for? That's a great question. I personally don't use any sort of textbook definition because I think the second part of what you said is more important, like what to look for. Okay. So kind of key indicators, it manifests in different ways. So just examples include feeling like you have no personal life. So in other words, your energy is so drained after your job or from your job that you don't have energy to do anything else, Mm. not caring about your work. You know, I think most lawyers fall in to their line of work. If you do any informational interviews, you'll start recognizing that when you're like, why'd you choose this? And people are like, oh, I didn't really choose it. I fell into it. (laughs) That's the worst. But so a lot of people fell into it. And so initially we're excited. We're excited. We have a job coming out of school. We're excited to start paying off loans. We're excited to like put it into practice, but very quickly, a lot of people lose interest. And even people, let's say some people at big firms, for example, for different reasons that might happen where it's a sexy client and they're working with international deals. And, you know, in theory, it sounds super interesting and sexy, but then like the day-to-day is boring. Mm -hmm. And so there are different reasons that comes up. But I think that's a big one. I would also say feeling overwhelmed at work and not so motivated to do anything about it or not knowing what to do about it. I think that's a real kind of typical reason people reach out for coaching support where people are like, I I feel stuck and don't know what to do. Hmm. That I would definitely classify as burnout where they've been working so hard that they're on a hamster wheel and don't know how to get off and like can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's almost like fogging up their brain space to even be able to pull back and just say like, okay, what's my list of things that I'd like to start doing differently? And let's pick one and start. Sometimes it's as simple as that to help someone. I like those, especially the no interest in anything else, because I've seen that happen a lot with food and lawyers Mm. and they just exist on coffee. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. they don't have How time for anything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, you don't see family, but you know that starts to roll into spouses, starts to roll into your kids. So yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, I was. I think I was on the canned food diet <laughs> when mm-hmm. I was practicing law. Like a can of soup. I had a banana in the morning and a can of soup for lunch. <laughs> I don't know what I was eating for dinner. Takeout, probably. Yeah, 
and the rest of the time just existing on fear or motivation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's we're look, we're a fascinating breed. Going back to the question of why lawyers, we've got this incredible drive. Mm-hmm. And it goes hand in hand. A lot of us are perfectionists mm-hmm. and fear of failure. It keeps you going for a long time. Usually it's sustainable through school. But then when you get out in the real world and you're trying to have a life, it's like, what is this? What am I doing? And I think people just hit a wall at some point, whether they're trying to have a family or I talk to a lot of people with boyfriend or girlfriend or partner. And they're like, yeah, they were missing the old me or the fun me, even without kids. And then without any of that, still people are like, what's the point? Like, what am I doing here? So definitely a lot of like life purpose coaching too going on here because that's important for lawyers who are trying Mm -hmm. to figure it all out. And when all we've been focusing on is our job and before that, our academic career, like you said, we've kind of lost these hobbies and lost these other parts of our identity. And sometimes we need someone to help us kind of pull back and think about who am I? What else could I be doing? What Mm -hmm. else do I want to be doing that could be fulfilling me? And maybe I don't need my job to do everything for Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, it's very true. I've had that conversation with myself many times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. You're doing the work because a lot of people are not. And it's a a tough spot to be in. Mm -hmm. But that's so, so important when we realize, oh my gosh, like, I don't have any friends. What am I doing? Like, of course, I'm putting all this pressure on my colleagues to like go to lunch with me all the time, you know, or feeling disappointed. It's almost like having this unhealthy relationship with our job where our expectations are too high for Mm -hmm. what we want to get out of it. Yeah. For me, I was jealous of my husband and the fact that he enjoyed work and going out with his colleagues. I was like, gross, you know, just work and then like run away and don't even want to see the building. He was like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I need to (laughs) Yeah, because you think that's the norm. You start Mm -hmm. to think this is how it should be. It's supposed to be like this. So anything else that's wrong. So Mm -hmm. again, going back to that idea of, you know, figuring out how do you want to start living? Like maybe this is not what you currently believe or how you currently, you know, show up in the world, but oh my gosh, how amazing would that be if, Mm -hmm. if things were different? I love that because as you're talking, I'm listening and I'm like, a lot of these conversations are conversations I've had with my therapist. Yeah. And I was going to ask you if there was any correlation or I wonder if lawyers are more open to a coach than therapy, because when you hear therapy, you think feelings and this is more. Oh yeah. An executive coach. That's just you doing what you're supposed to do. Right. Okay. Let me clarify because this is the, one of the most common questions we get asked. So therapy is intended to take you from dysfunctional in some respect to functional, right? You want to be getting by and be okay. Coaching is intended to take you from functional to optimal. Ah, yes. Okay. That a lot of people resonate with that or that a lot of people really like that idea. So that's number one. Number two, therapy and traditional psychotherapy is very much focused in the past, right? Mm. So what's gone on? Why are we the way we are? Coaching is looking at who you are today and where you want to be and helping you move forward. Okay. So we're not digging into the past. Yeah. And that's also an important piece because while a lot of us do take advantage of therapy, 
If someone has severe depression or severe anxiety to where they're not ready to move forward, they might not be the right coaching candidate for my services. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's important to note because yeah, you've got to be in a certain space to be able to benefit from coaching. Mm -hmm. And you've also got to be working with certain professionals for certain stuff. We're We're only doing our job here. No, that distinction makes sense because you have to get to a certain space to even need the kind of cheerleader push, Yeah, which it sounds like a coach would do. Yes. Um, And when you're in the grind or in the middle of burnout, you're, you're usually not quite ready for that. So it makes sense that you would grab people before they get there and you're not trying to talk them out of being a lawyer, but if there is something else that you're interested in, let's look at it. So yeah, that's a good point. Some coaches coach people out of practice. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, if you're leaving, let me help you. Some coach them to stay in. I'm not doing it either. I'm not here to tell you what's right for you. Right. So I want to help you figure that out for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then also it's important to note, even if they're not freaking out and super anxious and miserable, right? Like I can still help you to be your best self. Right? Like I think anyone could benefit from the support of a coach to hold them accountable to getting shit done that they just don't otherwise do, but they really want to get done. Yeah. So. Cause my optimal self, I don't know what that looks like. I'm like, am I yeah. looking my optimal self now? Yeah. <laughs> Kyla, we can talk more offline about this. Optimal yeah, self. I mean, question. that's a, that's a really good <laughs> distinction. Cause it's not lofty. Oh my God, what could it be? But it's also quantifiable, but it's like, it gets you I thinking. can't even see it. I need you to show yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. You, yeah. I mean, you've, it's so important to have a partner. I mean, coaches mm-hmm. have coaches too. I'll always have a coach for that reason. So I think that's a good perspective to have that it's not too lofty, but yeah. it's up there where you need a little bit of support getting there. Okay. This is very interesting. <laughs> good. I love it. And then I only have one last question here. So if you have anything else, feel free, but do you have any more details to share about the new project that you're working on? Or is that the career confidence coach that you mentioned earlier? Yes. Let me share. I would love to share. (laughs) Okay. I'm so excited about this. So I've run two career confidence cohorts for entry-level women lawyers this year already. They were fabulous. The women left and they were like, I don't want the program to end. I want to do the advanced version. And then after the first one, their friends were knocking down my door saying, we want to do this. We heard it was fabulous. So here's the deal. I can't hold it back from the public any longer. (laughs) Like it has to be scaled. It just does. Mm -hmm. So it was a seven week program. It's going to become a six month membership club. Okay. And The six months is basically the initial period, but people can continue on for however long they want because you can continue to benefit from it. So this is what it's going to look like. We're going to have pre-recorded video modules. So kind of training modules, walking them through these six dimensions of self-work that I believe are what is crucial for career confidence and success. So it's going to walk them through each one of those one per month is what we're going to focus on. And then we're also going to have regular group calls. So we'll hop on Zoom because I anticipate a lot of people being in the program. What we're going to be doing is hot seat coaching. So 
Yeah. So two or three people a call and everyone else will be observing. The thing is this demographic has so much in common that everyone will benefit from watching everyone else be coached. Hmm. And I've been witnessing it. I've been witnessing this in my cohorts. I mean, when one woman is getting coached, the other ones are nodding their heads on Zoom. Like, yes, yes, exactly. That's what they're saying to each other. So that's going to be the meatiest part of the program. We're also going to have a Facebook group. So everyone will be supporting each other. We're going to be celebrating our successes, our small wins, holding each other accountable, which is something that just doesn't happen for these women for the most part. And then I also am planning on bringing in guest speakers. I have connected with a fabulous network of other lawyer coaches over the past year and a half. And so I'm hoping to bring in guest speakers as well to be talking about things like self-image, success generally, finances. The topics are endless, really. Mm -hmm. But the idea is having a supportive network there for you, having someone who's walking you through what you need to be focusing on and asking you the questions that you just aren't asking yourself to get you to really think about What really matters? What do I want? What do I want to change? And then the most important question, how am I going to do it? Mm -hmm. So how did you choose the six month timeframe? So I had four dimensions previously and I kept adding. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I don't think this is a four part framework. I really think there's more to it. So I kept adding to it. There was a fifth that was obvious self-assessment. And I really believe in assessment, knowing who you are today so that you can figure out how you want to grow. And then once I got to five, felt like something was missing and it's Mm self-discipline. I want to help these women figure out how to establish good habits from day one of their career, because usually we're just in it, head down, doing the work, right? Yeah. And I want them to be pulling back, thinking about, okay, what's not working right now? How can I change that up? So self-discipline was kind of a bonus added on there. And I wanted it to be a more robust program. I mean, as it is, it's been two months and it's not enough. They're saying Mm -hmm. we want more and we're just like scratching the surface. The other idea is six months is about the length of time that I work with my one-on-one clients. So it's important to me that the people who work with me understand this is not a one-off career advising session. This is intended to be transformational work that will last, that will change you in your career, that will create something huge for you that is much more powerful than what could be accomplished in a short time frame. Hmm. Okay. I love that. And you already have the social proof. I mean, people are begging you to keep going and keep teaching them. Yes. They're loving it. Absolutely. Yeah. So people can check out the social proof on LinkedIn. I've got some stuff on Instagram and I'm currently working on a landing page on my website for more details of what the group program is going to be all about. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was great. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. I'll see you on Clubhouse. Okay. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to You Are a Lawyer. While you are here, subscribe to the show, leave a rating and tell a friend about this episode. New episodes are released every other Thursday. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Bye.